and welcome back. This is Waking Up With Mel. This is a continuation of episode 11. So what I'm doing is reading you a book I wrote back in 2011. My daughter was born in 2008, born at home, changed my life. So I wrote this book, never shared it, started sharing it last week, and I'm going to continue sharing it. Um, note, for author's note, is I, I would change things. I would edit this if I was going to publish it now, but lucky for me, I have a podcast where I can just edit it live with you guys. So as I read, maybe I'll be like, oh, I have a different opinion about this now because this has been 10 years since I've even looked at this book. Um, <clears throat> that being said, let's get started. So this is going to be chapter four and it's called Strange Things in Strange Places. This is again, written by me, read by me, Melody. It's called Home Birth. It's not just for hippies. It's for the informed. Here we go. Strange Thing in Strange Places, Chapter 4. How a woman can ever relax enough to have a normal birth in a bright, dirty hospital is beyond me. Are you thinking hospitals aren't dirty? Yes, they are. Maybe the dirtiest place on the planet. The goal of birth is simple. You want to have a healthy, happy baby. End of story. So how that happens is totally up to us. Most people I talk to assume that hospitals are clean and continuously sanitized or disinfected and almost every square inch of the space, but this isn't true. 25 infectious strains exist that are resistant to all known antibiotics and they are all found primarily in hospitals. Centuries after the discovery of good medical hygiene inhibits the spread of disease, studies have found some hospitals to be unimpressive in the cleaning department. For instance, failing to frequently disinfect handles, doorknobs, pins, doctor's hands, the six sick patients to sign papers, bed rails, buttons can all transfer germs. This is believed to be a factor in the spread of hospital acquired staph infections, among other nasty things. Hospitals are where all the really sick and hurt people are. So why are they also for pregnant women and brand new babies? While giving birth is so important to feel comfortable in your environment and with yourself to enable your body to work properly, why are parents checking into a hospital for comfort? They are not a spa or a nice hotel. Hospitals treat laboring mothers like they're coming in for surgery, and unfortunately, a lot of them are. Women can't eat because of a C-section, possible C-section. They get women ready for an IV in case we need fluids or C-section, we're strapped to machine to listen to heartbeat of mom and baby, and if you get an epidural, you can't even walk in most hospitals. Your labor has so much to do with your mental happiness to keep your body working the way it should. Your mind must be free to give birth. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't see how in a million years a woman can truly relax her body enough to keep the labor process the same in a hospital as it would be in her own environment. When you check into a hospital, it is showtime. In so many cases, things just stop. Your adrenaline, fight or flight hormone, nature, again, taking course. Picture in your head you're in labor at home and it's getting close, or maybe your water just broke like mine did. So they tell you to come in so you won't risk infection. Once the bag of water breaks, bacteria now has a way of entering the uterus through the vagina and could cause infection in either the baby, the mother, or both. Therefore, you should not douche, have intercourse, have a bunch of different hands in your vag, checking your progress of labor after the bag of water breaks. Because you called, they tell you the risk of the risk you need to check in, even if you haven't had a contract contraction. 
So you grab your bag with all your personals and head down to the hospital. With total optimism as you get there, you check in, you prep for the possible surgery and, che and check you out to see if you have dilated. This is your first chance of getting an infection, unless you have a good doctor and they wait. But chances are slim and they are there to see what you need, quote unquote, to get a labor going. Adrenaline hormones kick in, your labor has already changed because your mindset has changed and some stranger has stuck their finger in your nina. You guys, have you ever, if you are a woman and you've ever had this happen, it, it, it's, it does not feel good. It is like the worst feeling on the planet. I had it happen to me once in my first birth. And my midwife said, well, let's see if you're dilated enough because I wanted to push. And I was, you know, at my second birth, and this is all side note stuff here. I didn't even wait for my midwife to tell me if I was dilated enough. I didn't need her to check me because I knew my body enough at this point to know I was ready. So it's crazy how they've taken that, that away. From, I've, I've heard so many women that say, I was told not to push when I wanted to push. I had to be checked first. Like this, this is not okay. And it does not feel good. And it affects your labor. Okay, side note stopped. <laughs> Let's get back to the book. So you're hanging out in your room, getting as comfortable as possible with nurses coming in, checking on you, seeing how you're, quote, progressing. The doctors come in, maybe yours, maybe not. And you're told what's happening and how you are doing and what they think the next course of action should be. Now, again, side note, you, woman, know your body better than anybody any man, any nurse, anybody. And yes, it's scary to have a baby for the first time, especially the first time because you're putting all your faith into someone else. But don't. Because you are capable. You know how. Your body knows how. And if you feel like you need that support around, have it around. But just you're in charge. And that's why it's really good to have a doula or a midwife, even if you have a hospital birth, that you hire on the side because they will be with you the whole time and they will understand your needs and wants and they will be your voice when you lose your voice because you will, there will be a time in your labor where you will just be like, do whatever. I don't care. Do whatever. But if, cause I've been a doula at three births and I was the, those women's voices. I said, no, this is what she wants in her plan. Do not change that course for her. And every woman I ever attended a birth with, thank God, because I pray a lot, had the birth they wanted, even though it was in a hospital. So yes, I had home births. I'm for home births. I think they're not just for hippies. They're for the informed. But I also, after 10 years of going down this road, 14 actually is how old my oldest daughter is, but 10 years since I wrote this book, I understand many women do not trust themselves or their house to have a baby. I understand that. And that's fine. You got to do you, but you also got to know that your mind is the number one factor in having a good birth. Number one. Got to get that mind right. Because if in your mind you're already telling yourself you can't, then you're not. You won't. It's just the way it is. The mind is so powerful. And I highly recommend reading books about, you know, like Ida Mae has, a, uh, she's a midwife. She has plenty of books. Uh, Ida Mae Gaskin is her name. She has all kinds of good books. So check, check her out if uh, you're planning on having a hospital birth or a home birth. They're, she's fabulous. Okay, so I totally got lost on where we were in this. Um, okay, so progressing. The doctor come in, maybe yours, maybe not. You're told what is happening and how you're doing and what they think the next course of action should be. Maybe some drugs to make you relax. 
you would already be as relaxed as possible in having a baby if you just stayed home. Having a baby is not time for drugs. You do not want your newborn on drugs, right? You are there to get a job done, and those contractions are what get the job done. If you can fill them, then it's way more likely you'll complete the task at hand. I'm not sure if it's laziness or just our society's way of numbing everything from our feelings to our pain, but it is a good thing to fill the experience. Right when you want the epidural, the baby will be here and the pain will be over. I can say that twice now. When my water broke, I called my midwife. This is my first birth in 2008. We had an appointment later that day. So when she came, she informed me the baby was going to need to be born soon because of risk. I was scared, but she calmly told me just to rest and try to sleep. And if labor didn't start on its own, she would help it along with a breast pump and herbs. Would cause the, it, which would cause my uterus to contract. Actually, I used those herbs on my second birth and they worked wonderfully. The next day, which didn't need to happen, labor started. Okay, so she was going to do that stuff the next day, which didn't need to happen because my labor started that night. During this time, I was very fearful of what was about to happen. Instead of instilling more fear in me, my midwife offered ways to help that were totally natural and ensured me to have faith in myself and my body. We called her to come back a few hours later. She thought I was just scared and she would be there all night, but I was ready to push the second she arrived. So she checked me, which was sucked, side note, and I was ready. I was checked once to see what I was dilated and that one check was not comfortable feeling and I was in water at home. I feel those women who don't dilate in the timely manner hospitals prefer. I'm sure it's hard knowing some stranger will be back in an hour to see how far you've opened up. And if not enough, maybe just do a C-section. This may sound weird to some, but having a baby is a time to relax your body and tell your mind you can do this. It's not time to have a stranger check your progress and tell you maybe you can't do this. It does mess with our minds to feel like we're supposed to perform in a certain way, and it must be hard to feel out of control of what's happening to your body. Most women have a birth plan, the dream of how their baby will come into the world, and most women have that dream taken away from them for no other reason than where they choose to have their baby. Is it a lack of confidence in oneself or a stigma that only hippies have babies at home? Either way, it can and needs to be changed. <clears throat> All right, so that's chapter four. This is chapter five, Midwife. To make this book easy to understand, I'm going to fill you in on some terms you will hear throughout this book. My favorite is midwife, so we will start here. What is a midwife? Unfortunately, most Americans don't know what a midwife or how important a midwife can be in aiding a mother through her pregnancy and delivery. Not even my mom knew what a midwife was before, and I had one before I had one, and she had three kids. The funny thing about midwives is they've been around since the beginning. Genesis, which means the beginning, is one of the first documented encounters with the midwife in the book of Genesis 35:17, when she, when she, Rachel, was in hard labor, the midwife said, Fear not, for now you will have another son. It is not only there, but also in the book of Exodus 120. Therefore, God dealt with well with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mightily. Ancient Jews called them the wise women. France as the sage feminine and in Germany, the, I'm going to mess this word up, Weisfrau. So it's W-E-I-S-E-F-R-A-U. And also, 
H-E-B-A-M-M-E, hibamine, or mother advisor, helper or friend. In English, midwife derived from, from midwife or with woman. Midwives are there solely for the woman and the baby to support, to support the labor process and the father's role in the experience. I found them to be amazing people with a great calming power. Midwives are trained specialists in normal low-risk pregnancy and birth, a birth most of us can have. They give prenatal care to expecting mothers, attend birth of the infant, and provide postpartum care to the mother and her infant up to six weeks in most cases after birth. So that was the case with me. I don't. I live in New Mexico, so every state's different with the way the midwives are. Some people go to birthing centers, so that's going to be different. I actually hired a midwife who came to my home for all my appointments. I did all my prenatal care here and all my postnatal care here. She um, helped prepare my placenta for me. She came, you know, after my birth. I it I can't hide my midwife I love like so much so much she is has the very 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 special place in my heart um so yeah that was the case in my case so you know every like I said every state's going to be different on that all right so back to the book midwife's main goal and role is to help a woman have a healthy pregnancy and a natural birth experience they will refer women to an obstetrician when a woman requires care beyond their area of expertise. In many states, these profession, professions work together. Midwives are trained and capable in handling certain situations that are considered abnormal, including breach and posterior positions, positions to come butt first or feet first. They're good with umbilical cords around necks and baby who is not breathing using non-evasion techniques. An OBGYN, an obstetrician, is a term we all know. However, what we don't know is that they are specialists in illness related to childbearing and in surgery. The two professions can be complementary, but often are at odds because obstetricians are taught to actively manage, quote, labor, while midwives are taught not to intervene unless necessary. Midwives attended almost all births in America colonies, practicing from their homes and passing their skills that they had brought from Britain. West African midwives came to America as slaves and attended the births of both black and white women in the South. After the emancipation of slaves, African American midwives continued to take care of both black and white poor women in most rural parts of the South, and they were referred to as granny midwives. American Indian tribes had their own midwives and mid midwifery transitions. Obstetricians helped to reduce the use of midwives by arguing that midwives were untrained and incompetent, and that pregnancy is a dangerous condition requiring care available only from highly trained medical specialists, and that midwife clients, mainly poor women, were needed to provide the clinical experience for training doctors in obstetricians. Unfortunately, by the early 1930s, most practicing midwives were black or poor white granny midwives working in the rural South. And sadly, when midwifery declined, so did the incident of mother and infant, infant deaths from childbearing or birth injuries. They all increased. So sad. A scholar who conducted an intensive study concluded that 41% of increase of infant mortality due to birth injury between 1950 and 1929 was due to doctor interference in birth. So crazy. In the U.S., midwives and physicians practiced without certain education, standards, or regulations until the early part of the 20th century. In the hippie era of the 60s, people became aware of birth again, and a small amount of people started to see what was going on in hospital births. 
They wanted more for their birth experience and knew it took mind, body, and soul to have a good birth. But a small but significant percentage started to take birth back into their own hands, and they started to use midwives again. In the early 1960s, fewer than 70 nurse midwives were practiced in the U.S. Unfortunately, the midwife movement has still not spread to a majority of our society, and the result is women every day are giving up their right to have a baby the natural as nature intended. <sighs> it's so sad. As I read this, it just brings me back to like researching all this stuff and just realizing. I, it, this blew my mind when I realized all this stuff back in 2000. 8, 9, 10, and 11 when I was really getting into birth. Okay, I digress. Let's get back to the book. Birth in the U.S. is looked at as no big deal, as if we don't have choice or choices, as if women need that oxygen or heart monitor strapped to us to have a safe birth. Bullshit. Midwives, not doctors, introduced the concept of family-centered maternity care, including the radical idea of allowing fathers in the delivery room. They also played a significant role in the development of childbirth education and demonstrated the concept of mother-baby rooming, so staying with your baby. I have a chapter later on in this book that uh, talks about how what they used to do to women and babies when they first brought birth into the hospitals, and it's going to blow your mind. If you've never heard of twilight sleep, maybe look that up before we get to our that chapter. It's It's crazy what they used to do to women and babies. And finally... All these women started telling, you know, hey, this happened to me. It's not okay. And then magazines came out and they're like, oh, <laughs> oops. It's just beyond me. What We've let people do to our bodies and just taken away all our power. And it starts with birth. I'm so passionate about this. Okay. So rather than having the baby put in a separate nursery, they are the ones who urge mothers to breastfeed at the time when most hospitals were teaching mothers how to make formula and sterilize bottles. Still not sold on having a midwife? Midwives attend over 70 to 80% of births in Europe and Japan. Data from 2003 shows that only 11% of all babies born in the U.S. use a midwife. Who has a better death rate for new mothers and babies? Guess, guys, guess. Europe and Japan. And don't forget the U.S. has the second worst newborn death rate in the developed world. We might have a better chance to birth naturally in a third world country. Women have been told that they're not responsible for their own births and they don't know how to give birth. And the sad thing is it's becoming true. Our only hope is to re-educate ourselves and our spouses about birth. Doctors have com complicated the natural process of birth since the start of hospital birth. And thanks to men who never gave birth and have no idea what birth is about for a mother and child, the USA stands alone on the way we give birth to uh, give birth to no other country adopts our OBGYN based system. In the US, birth is all about money and not your experience. The saying sometimes cheaper is better is very true when it comes to birth in our country. There are different kinds of certified midwives a certified nurse midwife, and a certified professional midwives. There are also midwives who practice as quote-unquote lay midwives or direct entry midwives, which means they directly enter not through nursing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what that means. Okay. DEMs or lay midwives are trained through apprenticeships and with experienced midwives, midwifery courses, and self-study. Some direct entry midwives are associated with religious traditions such as the Amish, the Mormons, and other Christian and Muslim groups. 
Locating a lay or direct entry midwife for a home birth can be more challenging than finding certified nurse midwives or certified professional midwives due to the state laws. Even today, regulation of midwifery varies from state to state. I live in New Mexico. We are one of the biggest states having home births next to Oregon. But even today, and this was again in 2011 when I wrote this, but even today, as we are still fighting to keep midwives from being looked at as, and treated as if they are uneducated in their area of expertise since the beginning of humans on earth. This is a great example of what is going on today. I received this gut-riching email from a midwife where I live while writing this book. It reminded me that birth in our country is wrapped up in a political red tape like everything else. It seems in America that politics and laws control more than we are willing to see or even know about. And now we really are awake to that in 2022. It's so crazy how much has um, changed but still the same from writing this book. Um, Okay. The facts are right in our face and we don't even have to look hard to find them. Her email stated the following. Midwives, moms, dad, families, and supporters. As you may know, the New Mexico Midwives Association has been working on legislation allowing licensed midwives to legally obtain and administer certain drugs considered necessary for safe practice of midwifery. The bill also seeks to legally change how we are referenced in a statute from lay midwives to licensed midwives. House Bill 422 is our bill. Certain drugs listed in the bill are oxygen and IV fluids, Rowan for RH-negative moms, lidocaine for suturing, vitamin K, an antibiotic ointment for newborns if the parents choose, and Pitocin to control postpartum bleeding if necessary. We are, we are asking, not asking to prescribe drugs or use that are outside our scope of practice. Unfortunately, there are those who do not understand midwifery and the model of care. Last week, our bill was heard in the Health and Government Affairs Committee, and for reasons known only to them, two trial lawyers stood in opposition to the bill. One stated that midwives are untrained lay people and drugs are listed as dangerous. The statements they made were in ignorance, and but damage was done. Three representatives heard the statements and added some unfounded com- comments, yeah, comments of their own and voted the, to kill the bill. The story does not end there. Our lobbyist was able to resurrect the bill, and this time in the House Judiciary Committee. This is not favorable form for this bill. Two of the three representatives that voted the bill down in the Health and Government also sit on this committee. Our chances for getting the bill out of this committee and on the House floor are slim. Thank you for your support. Man, you know what? I don't know what happened with that. I need to find out. Okay, let's keep let's keep going. How sad our birth is in the hands of people that are only in it for money and they pay lawyers to keep it that way and the america public is too busy or just too ignorant to know any better obgyn versus midwives we all know we need an obgyn for the small percentage of women that develop complications but the facts show that midwives are well trained and if left to practice the way midwives should birth at home would be safer than any hospital birth But that is not how the money will be made. So lawyers, mostly men, fight to make midwives unable to offer completely safe birth. I want to stop right there and say I have nothing against men. Because in 2022, there's an agenda against masculine males. I have no agenda against men. I love men. I think men are great. And I think men, we need men. But I don't think we need men to tell women how to have babies at all. I think that's like out of their realm. You know, 
that's not that no I just not not down anyway so yeah I have a problem with that it, as you can probably tell as we go through the book but I do not have a problem with men so I want to just put that out there unfortunately we have to in 2022 it sucks that we have to say that but we do <sighs> and by the way when you have a baby they only come out in two genders either a boy or a girl that's it so just gotta throw that out there too okay so lawyers mostly men fight to make midwives unable to offer a completely safe birth the truth is safe practice midwifery requires the administration of these drugs and over the last 30 years the safe practice of midwifery has included the administration of these drugs the use of these medications are appropriate in midwifery care but if society can say home birth is not safe then hospital hospitals win again I choose to birth at home with a midwife because I knew the care was safe, appropriate, empowering, and life-altering. Midwives are trained to handle a normal pregnancy, birth, and postpartum events, including the use of the certain drugs, and I hope it stays this way. I know a lot of midwives work in the hospital environment because they need a steady paycheck, and they help women. But I feel no matter how good the midwife is, if she works in the hospital setting, the choices she makes will just not be entirely for your good. She is working for the hospital, not you. In most hospitals, midwives are considered competition to an OBGYN. Therefore, therefore, you'll find fewer midwives in hospitals than OBGYNs. Ask the midwife you are thinking of hiring all the questions you have. Don't just pick a random person. Do some research. Make sure you feel comfortable with the person you choose. And at the end of the chapter, a doula, you will find some good questions to ask. You may have to find a midwife out of your area if you live in a small town, and chances are they will work with you and make the drive. I was talking to a friend about this book and the story of my birth, and even though she's a close friend, she still had no idea my midwife came prepared with oxygen, pitocin, and sutures. They routinely check the baby's heart rate, but not like hospitals strapped to a machine, but with the fetal heart monitor held to your belly. Midwives have all the supplies they need to make a birth safe, and if they can't handle what's in store, they will make a judgment call and transport you to a hospital so your birth is safe. My friend was surprised to hear this. She had no idea, and neither did I, until I was pregnant and finding a midwife. A licensed trained midwife is just as qualified, if not more, than any doctor when it comes to birth and prenatal care. They become your friend and confidant by the end of your pregnancy, you will feel a bond with your midwife that will last a lifetime. And by the way, I had the same midwife with my two daughters, 13 years apart. How cool is that? And she just retired the, the uh, 2021, right after I had my second. Uh, they will help you stay strong when you're ready to give up. As one gal who had a home birth said, every woman will come to a point during birth when you think you can't do it anymore. And that just means the baby will be here any second. And once he or she is, believe me, you'll forget you ever had that pain. And when I got to that place, the comforting words of my midwife got me through because I knew my baby, I knew my baby and I were safe. In the hospitals, when they started the snowball effect of drugs and more drugs, they'll tell you that a C-section must be done for the baby's sake, which might be true. A woman will do whatever they are told by a doctor because we trust them. Little do you know you're just a patient on a chart on a wall. Your birth is not important to most people on a medical shift. Another huge bonus using a midwife, the midwife you hire will be there when your baby is ready to come into this world. 
With a doctor or hospital midwife, you might see him or her the whole time you're pregnant, but when the day comes to give birth, who knows who will show up to deliver your baby. I was lucky in finding a midwife. A friend of mine had a home birth a couple years before I became pregnant. I never thought of a home birth. A close cousin who lives in an awesome hippie state of Oregon had two babies at home by the time I had became pregnant. Yet I wasn't, it wasn't until a friend in my own city had a home birth that changed my heart that I had a change of heart. Both mom and dad are very modern, so it was odd for them to have a home birth at the time. I wasn't even thinking of having kids, so I had no idea what they were facing when looking at options or where they had or where to have a baby. After the birth of their son, dad came over and told my husband and I the story of how the child was born. It was the best birth story I'd ever heard. And I knew right then when I got pregnant, I would explore the same option. So when that day came, I knew the midwife I wanted to use. I later found out a cup that the couple had interviewed every midwife in Albuquerque before choosing ours. Our midwife is an amazing woman with great inspiration to this book. She is a mother of two, her first a hospital birth and second a home birth. She works at a university hospital to pay the bills and practices midwifery on the side because she loves it. I knew she had previously worked in a hospital labor and delivery unit for 10 years. So at our first meeting, I asked, why don't you still work in the labor and delivery? She said she could no longer do labor and delivery in the hospital setting after becoming a midwife. She felt as a midwife, she could no longer torture women during birth. It went against everything she stood for as a midwife, from making a woman be strapped to a bed because the heart monitor or epidural to the constant pressure for the woman to have a timely labor. After the birth of my daughter, I got hooked on those TV labor and delivery shows and saw what my midwife saw when she worked in the labor and delivery unit. I would yell at the TV and at the doctors as they tell sobbing moms who wanted to have their babies a certain way, no, you can't. Well, why can't you? It's your body, ladies, and yes, you can. Damn it, yes, you can. It is so sad to watch this happen to real women. Not all women can have a home birth. Some have high-risk pregnancies such as twins, though this doesn't entirely mean home birth is out, and a type 2 diabetes, active STD like syphilis, gonorrhea, hepatitis, or drug and alcohol abuse. These type of pregnancies should be under medical supervision, and any good midwife will tell you if a home birth is a bad idea. Again, it's your choice. It would be a perfect birth it would be a perfect birth world if when you found out you were pregnant people asked, "Have you found a midwife yet?" Thank you for listening to chapter 4 and 5 of Home Birth. It is not just for hippies, it is for the informed. We will be back next week for a few more chapters. It looks like we got chapter 6 on it's called Doula question mark so it's what is a doula um the next chapter is called forceps with a side of uh episiotomy please and then after that we have what's the deal with c-sections those are pretty short chapters so i'll probably get those all on the uh, next podcast until then enjoy your thanksgiving i'm putting this podcast out early this week because of thanksgiving so we will see you next week and happy monday instead of friday Woohoo!